Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We talk all things real estate, the current topics, the old topics, the new topics, and any topic you need to know, we discuss it here on this show. I'm your host, Michael Thayer with the Federal Savings Bank, and I am MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. We have a packed house in here today, and we're going to start off with the one and only Miss Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. Good morning. Where's she? Ooh, 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 there ooh. you go. Don't let me down, man. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Great. And Glad have, to be here. Absolutely. We always love to have you here. Then we have Mr. Chris Corvoe from Midtown Title. How are you, sir? Man, it feels like forever since I've been here. It has. You threw me off, though, going with Andrew first, because usually he, know, he starts like, with me. Did you see the look on her face when you said her name first? She was like, oh, it's me. Put her on the spot. So, I know, put her on the spot, but I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. Not Happy bad. New Year. You too, man. But then we have Mr. Chris Butler, who's also from Midtown Title. I am. Yes, sir. It's good to be here. I appreciate it. And you guys are both like suited up, I know, ties I'm, out. And they're like, I got my denim on. Yeah, man. They're ragging <laughs> on Andrew for a denim. Representing. Guys are looking stubby in here, man. Hey, some uh, just uh, trying to play the part. Yeah, you're doing it very well, man. And we have Mr. JT behind the glass making it all sound good. So I'm balancing out the suit. I got my manure hat on. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys notice? I did. I, I did. did not yes, notice. You do have, I yeah, see it it's now. Uh, the glass. Uh, black black cow. The mature <laughs> manure. Gotcha. Only Jimmy, man. <laughs> Only you, brother. Did they give you that hat? No, I actually paid for that hat. You paid for that? Yeah. It's actually a good-looking hat. Yeah. Instead of saying BS, you just point to the hat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's jump into the show, man. <laughs> hey, if you missed any of our recent shows, check us out online at moneymanmike.net and on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. Everything's recorded, podcasted, so if you missed something or you want to hear it again, go check it out online. So let's talk about everyone always wants to get into this whole debate on whether I should buy a house this year or wait until next year. And as Andrew's over there, just you weren't exactly rolling your eyes, but yet you're like not in your head, just like and just like, holy cow, are we going through this again, again mm-hmm. and again and again? And it's not that we are discussing it on the show again. Right. We're constantly asked this from consumers. Yes. Is it a good time to buy or should I wait? And it's the most talked about Real estate's the most talked about thing that yeah. I think there is around, even around Nashville right now. Oh, it's man. any conversation you have, especially if people find out that you're in the real estate business. Oh, yeah. They, they want to ask you questions. They want to ask you questions. Which you is know. good. Oh, sure. It's a lot good. of times they'll ask me stuff. I have no idea. They're like, hey, how's rates doing? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Let me get you on the phone with the guy who does know yeah. that. Or I get asked that, too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but we need to call a lender. Well, rates have... Rates have actually taken a little bit of a dip back down, yeah. um, which we, we're going to talk about that in a second, in the second segment of the show. But they were on this, just this course of just like, holy cow, are they going to stop going up? And But yet people freak out about rates. But I don't want to steal the funder there because we're going to talk about that in a second. But should you wait to buy a house now? No. Or do it later? Buy now. Why? Because rates are only going to go up. And housing prices are only going to go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got this blog post we put out there recently. You know, it shows just an average home of $250,000 if you bought it today. And let's say you got a 4.45 rate. Your monthly payment, just principal and interest, again, this is just examples, illustration purposes, is would be $1,259. If you waited one year, 
with just natural appreciation from CoreLogic projecting a 4.8% increase in 2019, and you take the Freddie Mac projection for uh, rates later in uh, 2019 of 5.1%, and now your home price went up to 262000 from 250000 you're now your mortgage payment now is one thousand four hundred and six dollars, a difference of one hundred forty seven dollars a month mm-hmm. from waiting twelve months. So should you wait? No, no. Yeah, that's close to three thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, we we go through here and say, okay, how much money do people spend on coffee, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A? <laughs> I mean, there's you you blow through one hundred forty seven dollars quick. Oh sure. And then think about from a from a travel point of view, if you want to save money for a vacation. That's seventeen hundred dollars in vacation money. So I don't know. You know, some people spend a thousand, some people spend five thousand, some people spend ten thousand. About ten months ago, I started the uh, renovation. Well, I was going to start a renovation on my house. Yeah, which used to belong to my parents, and uh, I had to go through the estate and had to get it closed yep. and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm talking to the contractor. He's like, "Well, it's been almost ten months ago. Uh, we're going to have to relook at the, the prices." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, so so even ten months, mm-hmm. you know, stuff is going up." Yeah, just to cost of materials right. is going up exactly. Well, the tariffs had a big impact on builders mm-hmm. and even contractors. I don't, I'll throw everybody in there yeah. who did that. Um, but just the price of material coming in, lumber coming in from Canada, uh, whether it's drywall, other materials coming in. And so, yeah, if you're bidding those things out and they're more than a few weeks out, everything's uh, up. They'll, they'll have to rebid it again mm-hmm. because the price is going to change. Cost of goods, baby. So, I mean, you look at that over 30 years, $52,981. Yeah. $52,981. So does it make sense to wait? No. No. So you can call us, get all of our contact information online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio, but we'll be glad to go through the numbers with you. But the stuff's out on our blog post, and real estate prices are only going up. Rates are going to go up, and that means your cost to buy that house is going to go up. Well, it's not the chicken little syndrome, you know, where the sky is falling. You know, people hear stuff on the news or watch TV and think that the world's coming to an end and the house, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a 25% discount on this house. No. Yeah, not in this market. That no. still is not happening in this market. No, so. and that, that's an important thing that I think a lot of people still have a misconception about is it used to be where you can go in there and you felt like you got the house 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand below market value and people go in and they want to lowball their office right out of the gate and next thing you know it's like yep we didn't get considered or hey we got outbid it or we you know whatever the reasons are and it takes them forever to really kind of grasp onto the fact that you can't underbid in this market yeah, I had a discussion with an agent yesterday who whose client was upset they had lost an offer on a house but this client had a content she had a house to sell yeah in Washington D.C., and the person who bought it had a was cash, and they could close in two weeks. Right. I mean, that stuff is still happening every single day. And Andrew can speak more to this than I can. But she was heartbroken because she lost out on the offer. But you know, the cash offers, the quick closings, that stuff's still happening, and that's what's mm-hmm. getting the oh, deals yeah. done for people. And so people just think it's kind of a free for all. It's I mean, meaning that there's people are just letting their houses go at less no. prices, but it's no. still not happening. Now, we got to jump out to a break, but we're going to touch on that a little bit more, and then we're going to get into the cost of rates over the time. We're going to look back at the rates in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s and show you guys how today today's rates, and if you missed the low, it's not that big of a deal, and, and not to freak out over that. But check us out on the other side from this break. You've been listening to The Money and Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike, Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3, 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer. And in studio, we have Chris Corvo from Midtown Title, along with Chris Butler from Midtown Title, and the one and only Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. And, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, the whole market and, you know, people just they're misreading and they they don't know when it's a good time to buy or they're concerned about whether it's a good time to buy and all the things that are going on. And when you're making the offers, um, they're, you're, you're submitting a low offer because you want to get what you perceive as a good deal. But in this market, the good deal is once you buy it, now you're reaping in that 5, 10, 15, maybe a 20% appreciation rate, depending on the area you're in, um, year over year. That's where the good deal is. Mm-hmm. Trying to buy at below market value these days, it's not like It's it always was. a good time to buy because, you know, the, a lot of people bring for, even Ford money into our country because we have the best market to protect your money for, as yep. far as real estate goes. We have great records. We have great approval systems for loans. Mm-hmm. And so that's why so many people want to invest their money here uh, to do that. So it, there's, it's always a great time to buy it. Now, if you work with a good agent, the agent's going to be able to tell you what the, how to price that house. Andrew Brewer. Right. And so – you know, if the house warrants a twenty percent discount, that's something Andrew would be able to tell yes. and look at the numbers and see. And it very well may warrant that. I don't know that, but that's why you have to have the information to do that. But you don't. So you're going to know what to offer on the house based on what the houses are selling for in the area if you're working with an agent that's knowledgeable. And absolutely, you're going to run comps and compare them to other houses in the area, similar conditions, and then give them, you know, my professional opinion of what I think the house is worth and what it will appraise for. And, and let me put it this way. If you're a buyer using somebody like Andrea, realtors get paid on the total volume they sell. And I hope Andrea doesn't cut me cut me some evil-looking lies. I don't think you will with this. But it's counterproductive for them from a financial point of view to say, oh, yeah, just just offer $100,000 for that house. One, it's going to waste her time if she knows it's really valued at 200000 Two, it's going to waste your time because she knows you're going to get your offer rejected and it's going to uh, demoralize you. And then... Three, you guys are just going to go back to the drawing board trying to find another house. So if she says, hey, this house is not going to sell for that amount or vice versa, mm-hmm. you need to take their advice for yeah, it. Yeah, like a listing. Say, hey, I want my house to sell for X. And she's Andrew will look at it and go, well, I think it would sell at between this and this. Right. Because anybody, there's a realtor for everybody who can list anything and, and put it up for sale for any price. Now, right. Now, it's selling at that price. Yeah, is a whole other It's story. a whole different ball game, and, and that's why you have to work with people that actually understand the market and understand well, how and to price your house. And that will tell you what you need to hear sometimes. To be brutally that, honest and tell and you what yes. you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Absolutely. So yeah, I always think difference. it's a great time to buy a house. What you end up paying for, that's really going to depend on a lot of different conditions yeah. and a lot of different scenarios of houses that are selling, the condition that the house is in itself, uh, what other properties are selling for. And we've got another section of um, that we're going to get into today. Uh, might go ahead and just jump right into it now. Um, no, I like this rate thing here. Well, yeah, that's what I want to really get before we skip it. We're going to come back to it about talking to, and, and listing your house for the right price. And it's almost like the price is right game. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. So, we'll talk about that in a second. But let's stay with the rates. You know, rates, people I think it's just... It blows my mind when people are like, um, what do you mean I can't get a rate for three and a half like my buddy did two years ago? Well, you're not buying two years ago, man. Yeah, that was two years ago. Back in 2010, (laughs) when the market fell out. And how much do you want to put down? I want to put 3% down. Well, how much did your buddy put down? I don't know. 
Yeah. What kind of loan did he get? I don't know. I don't know. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of lot of variables. What's his credit score? I don't know. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into. I like three percent interest rate. Everybody likes three percent interest rates, but not everybody qualifies for them. Right. And if you can find them today, let me know where you find them, because unless you're going to pay a lot of discount points to get to them, they're not out there anymore. Could you even buy it down that far? No. I was going to say you can't even buy it. Not on a thirty. Not on a thirty. You couldn't get you couldn't get to three and a half on a thirty year fix. I mean, there's always a way. But you're going to pay so much in discount points, it's not going to make any sense. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, discounts make make sense to a certain point, and then all of a sudden it's like the bottom drops out, and the, the cost, the return on it, the whole nine yards, is just the numbers just don't work. Well, discount points are, are percentages of the loan that you pay in a fee Correct. to a lender, which Correct. will then get the rate down. Yes. So if you had a 1% loan on a $100,000 loan, that's a $1,000 fee. Yeah, you're basically prepaying the rate in some regard, the interest in some regard, but it, it works out in a long in the long run for you. But there's always that breaking point where it just the numbers just don't work anymore. Yeah, or just not as cost effective. Calling a lender that knows what they're doing and is going to break down numbers for you in different scenarios as far as like what loan program is right mm-hmm. for you. Uh, you know, people get really focused on the rate, but a lot of times you may get a better deal by paying a little higher rate, just depending on how that loan's structured. Yep. And then you know, people like Mike or math whizzes or. Maybe their computer or math whiz. I don't know, but computer does a lot of you know he can he can break these numbers down and say you know over the fifteen year period you're going to hold this loan. This is how much you're going to do this versus this. I mean, having a lender that's savvy that can tell you these differences and which programs right for you is really key. Having somebody knows what they're doing. I'll give you two examples of that with recent clients we're working with. Uh, One is a refinance, um, and he was quoted FHA. And for all you guys that want to call around and do rate quotes. If you're just shopping your rate, that's the worst thing you can do because all you're doing is shopping around and looking for the lowest rate. Well, that's what this guy did, and he was quoted an FHA loan, and I think he was quoted, um, I think it was 4.75. And I said, wait a minute. You have like 50% equity in your property. When you're paying an FHA loan, you're going to be paying monthly MI, mm-hmm. mortgage insurance. In his case, it was adding like 400 bucks to his payment. Yeah, that wow. FHA mortgage insurance, it's It's for killer. life now. It's yeah. for life. The life of the loan. And it is it is gotten pricey. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then I said, look, I can give you a conventional loan. I'm going to give you a 5, 5% rate, I think it is. No, I think it was 5.1. 5.125. And his payment was over 400 bucks cheaper. Yeah, because nothing. that MI was gone. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean it was just insane, and not on, not over four hundred bucks, just under four hundred bucks, just over four hundred bucks. So still, it's cheaper than the lowest rate that he had. Yeah, and if you're listening and you have no idea what MI is or mortgage insurance, that would be like when you're going, you know, when you're buying a house, you're borrowing a lot of money. Yes, and so for that money, depending on how strong a buyer, how much money you're putting down, you pay a little side premium, a little insurance policy that mm-hmm. says, yes, I will not default on this loan, and I'm good for it, and I will even pay this little extra insurance policy to say I'm good for it. That insurance policy, the mortgage insurance, is an insurance policy for us as a lender in mm-hmm. case you default on your loan. So, yeah. I mean, you get no return for paying MI. So, if you can get around it, you do should. It. <laughs> and that's what we did for this guy. Is we, we looked at it and said, you don't need to be in an FHA loan. Yeah, your rate's going to be higher with conventional, but your payment's going to be less. And that's what you really need to look at is what's your total overall monthly payment, how much of your payment's actually going towards principal and interest, period. Right. 
So, and you know, this is specific to this specific client, but uh, everybody's situation is different it's based on you know your credit score, your loan to value, debt to income, what kind of loan program you're on. So, again, if you got any questions, give us a call. We'll we'll, we'll help you out. Yeah, but, and if you're just calling around saying what rate can I get, then you're, you're not you don't know the full information. You're missing the big picture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we offer uh, over one thousand four hundred and fifty different types of loan programs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of 30 year fixes in there. There's you start a lot of going through them there, Forrest Gump? No, I'm not that good. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, what the computer's for. <laughs> I can tell you the basic stuff, but not all the stuff. But no, I mean, there's so many loan programs. And even if you're trying to do something online, I mean, I love our online applications and tools and stuff, but the computer only tells you so much. I mean, we've eventually got to look at it and say, okay, you make too much income or no, your income's perfect for this program. Let's move you over to this. No, that doesn't work best for you because we can get you qualified for that. Well, you got these credit simulators, don't you? Oh, we got them all. And, uh, and it's really cool. It's like this algorithm that you plug in information that tells you the best way to structure yeah. this loan to save the most money. And uh, so that takes the human error even out of it at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you got a computer program that's telling you the best way to structure this and to maximize your dollars, uh, whether that's paying this credit card off some or paying this much down, or maybe you don't need to put as much down. Exactly. Maybe you're better off keeping that money in the bank and and going from there but that's the beauty of that it kind of gives you all the answers to the yeah. test yeah we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more when we get back from this break but i mean it's you need somebody like me that knows how to work the numbers and present them to you because i always tell people you don't need me to tell you the numbers you'll see the black and white numbers and they don't lie so you, you just need me to run the numbers and help you understand what the numbers are telling you but when we jump uh, come back from this break we're going to get back into one more other other scenario i want to talk to you about and then we're going to talk about these rates uh from the 70s up to 2000 you've been listening to the money man mike show here on talk radio 98.3 and 1510 wlac we'll be right back Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, and in studio we have Chris Brewer. Uh, Chris Brewer. Jeez, oh my. <laughs> that's that's right. a first. This, this show's <laughs> over. We're done. Now we have Chris Corvoe. I was trying to say Chris Corvoe. And Chris Butler, both from Midtown Title, and somehow spit out Brewer. Well, because Andrew's in between. Andrew's <laughs> yeah. sitting between us. I'm in the Chris sandwich today. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, go out on the website, check out the videos. Not. <laughs> There's your picture. <laughs> Chris Butler's off to the side. He's like, I don't know these crazy people, man. <laughs> but anyway, let's take that again from the top. So we have Chris Corvo from Midtown Title, along with Chris Butler from Midtown Title, and Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty in the middle. So, rates over the cost over the across time rather, and you know people that are sitting here talking about, well, you know, I wish I would have got that rate for three and a half percent, like my buddy did last year or two years ago, and rates today are like four and a half percent, or they're even talking about them being at five percent, and it takes me back to what we we're talking about earlier with the cost of waiting. I mean, heck, you wait to go from four point four five percent to five point one percent, it's going to cost you. $1,700 a year on a $250,000 house, you know, and then $52,000 over 30 years. It's just money. It, well, it's just money, but at the same time, people are sitting here complaining and moaning and groaning that they're paying a 4.5% rate instead of the 3.5% that their buddy got two years ago. That was facetious, by the way. Well, I know, but still. When I got into real estate, rates were like six and a half, seven. Yeah. I mean, back in the 80s. 12.7%. We see these title searches uh, 
where people would assume loans. You can't assume loans nowadays. Well, government loans you can. I don't yeah. want to say that. VA loans. But uh, we'd see back in the 80s when people have non-qualifying assumable loans, mm-hmm. which means if you if you had a pulse, you could qualify for mm-hmm. the loan. and Because people would have a 12 or 13% interest rate, and rates were 15 16 yeah. 17%. Yeah. And it was, they didn't even care what the house looked no. like. Because they, they could assume your loan. Because they could assume the loan and the payment was better. Exactly. And uh, people would just assume that. So you'd look at that. And sometimes I see some of these, and I just giggle. I'm like, the world would fall apart mm-hmm. if they saw a 12% interest rate mm-hmm. come across Now people would be like, no. Yeah, I'm going to stay right where I'm at. So it's really funny to see how, when I look at this uh, little uh, diagram that you have here that shows you know, what the average rates were per decade right, for the right. last four decades. And you know, really, in the 2000s itself, the average rate was 6.29% so far. Yeah, that's what that's what it's been, and you know, and people are really. I don't want to pay any more than I have to. You know, nobody I'm not different does. Anybody else, but ultimately, we're still well, 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 well below what the average Heck rate yeah. has been for this particular decade. The question is, is why did you not buy a house two years ago when your buddy did? Well, that kind of correlates with what we talked about with the show kicked off, which is, is today a good time to buy a house? This is the same conversation. If you go back to this recording in two years, and it's going to be, why didn't I buy a house then when it was a 4.5% interest rate? Because now it's 6.5% interest rate. And uh, when you could have bought two years ago at maybe 3.5% interest rate. But it's still lower than the average for the... 2000s. Yeah, you go, use that exact example because the numbers out here we have are based on $250,000 again. If you go back to the 2000 rates where it was an average of 6.29%, that same $250,000 house was now costing you $1,546, whereas today it's only costing you $1,259. I mean, that's nearly 300 bucks difference. Yeah, I remember my first house was in the 90s, and it says the 90s was 8.12%. And I think I was on an FHA adjustable rate mortgage mm-hmm. at like 8.5%. And it was a one-year one year adjustable. So that yeah. meant it adjusted every year. year. Yeah. And we started at 85 and, uh, and so I was thrilled. To get, I was like, really? 85 And uh, once again, the world would fall apart if somebody got quoted that today. But, you know, I, I have an adjustable on my mortgage. And, you know, obviously I'm in it, so I deal with it. And... The reality of it is that you should buy a mortgage or take out a mortgage for the amount of time you're going to be in the house, period. How many people are in their house for 30 years? Rarely ever. And if they are, they refi. Exactly. I mean, what's the number? Uh, 40, nine? It's about People keep their loan between 42 and 48 months. That, And then they stay in the house between 9 to 10 years. Right. That's right. So you never, you never reap the rewards of a 30-year. I'm kind of surprised we don't see adjustable rates mortgages more than we do. I've seen some come through uh, more so lately than I have in yeah. the past. But um, you know, I've got I some houses because they had that stigma for a while after you know. Well, they got the stigma, but then rates have been so low. Yeah, they compressed down to where there was no difference between the thirty years and the adjustables. Right, there wasn't much of a difference, so it was like, okay, I'll pay a quarter more for a thirty year. It's a no brainer at that point. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised we're not seeing – I mean, not that the rates are even bad now, but I don't know what an adjustable rate even starts at. So maybe that's the answer that I don't know. The, I, don't, well, I don't know. But I, I'll go through it. My, my adjustable started, I think, was two two and a half or 275, and right now it's at uh, four and a half. So, I mean, it's the average 30-year fixed rate. It's adjusted up. I don't care. I'm paying what I should be paying right now, but I also look back over the last five years – where I was saving a heck of a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got to be able to look that. You got to look at the big picture with an arm. Arms in the past had, like I said, that stigma because they were very volatile. I mean, there was a lot of repercussions to them. Today, we qualify you off of the worst case scenario. If the worst case scenario works, 
then you're covered. And you've just got to accept the fact that I'm going to pay a whole lot less the first part of my arm. I'm going to average out in the middle somewhere. And if I stay in it for the full five years, seven years, 10 years, I may pay a little bit more than I should be. But you've got to take into account how much money did you save on the front end. On the front end. Well, most adjustables that I'm even seeing right now are minimum like a five-year fixed rate. Yeah. Uh, Some of them are like seven-year fixed rate or even a 10-year fixed rate, and then it adjusts. And and as low as it is, usually an adjustable rate mortgage has a a percentage that it can change at one given time. I think it's 2% is what the the max can change. So if you started out with, I don't know, I'm going to say just 4% rate, um, the max it could change the first year would be 6%. So when you kind of factor that number into what the rate was for the fixed period of time, most people aren't even in their houses for no. that five, that no. six, seven, eight, nine, ten year period, and, so and they've it, been paying that fixed four percent for that whole time and before it adjusts or whatever that fixed rate is, that introductory. Right. Rate. And I'm not advocating for adjustable rates. I think that's why you have to get with a, a mortgage professional that can tell you what works mm-hmm. best. But don't be just scared off of something like that just because of what you've heard or what you've read yeah. or what you've seen, because ultimately yeah. it may be the best fit for you, especially if you know you're only going to be here for a period of time or in that particular house exactly. for a period of time. There's no sense paying more than you have to. Yeah. No, I mean, that's well said. I mean, it's again, you buy, you get, you should take out a mortgage for the time of, for the period of time that you're going to be in the house, period. Now, most people, I think, are going to say, I, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't work that way, though. <laughs> but statistics say that you're probably not. Yeah. yeah, so let's transition into why it makes no sense to wait for wait till springtime to sell your house, which kind of goes back to what we've been discussing already. And a lot of people, you know, we've said on the show for the last several months, every time is a great time to sell, but during, you know, third, fourth quarter of a, of every year, People tend to wind down. They don't necessarily want to put their house in the market. They want to go through the holidays. They're like, eh, I don't want to show my house on the holidays. But they discount the fact that if somebody's out looking for a house during the holidays, they're a serious buyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're serious. And think about it. We all hear the statistic. 100 people a day move to Nashville on average. They got like 95 now. 95, 100, same difference. They've got to find a place to live. Mm-hmm. So if you if you get a ninety five a day ninety five people a day relocating, let's just say twenty five hundred to three thousand people a month. They got to find a place to to live. Yeah. So if they're out looking during December or January or February, they're serious. And then if you wait until March or April or God forbid uh, June, now you got this whole influx of everybody else that said, "Oh, it's time to list my property." Now where there might have been, I don't know, three houses on your block for sale, mm-hmm. and there might be six, nine. Yeah. You know, who knows? Now all of a sudden you've got this all this additional competition, and now they're looking at all these houses instead of just yours. I love this analogy on here. It, it uses a price is right analogy. Yeah. Talks about employing a strategy to be the, to price your house the closest or to yeah. make an offer on a house the closest without going over. And it just talks about, uh, you know, if you overpriced your house, how it could sit. And if uh, people see that you're starting to lower the price, that it could give a stigma that maybe mm-hmm. there's something wrong with the house mm-hmm. and but, why the price is going down. But don't bid $1. Don't <laughs> bid $1. No. Probably $1 not a, a doable strategy uh, right now. So. <laughs> we get back from this break, we're going to talk about that a little bit more because the price of right strategy is a pretty good strategy to follow and, and, and gear go with because it's funny to us. We're laughing about it, but yet... Rings true, man. Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 at 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, and in studio today, we've had Chris Corvo from Midtown Title, along with uh, Chris Butler from Midtown Title, and of course, the one and only, Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. And if you missed any of, the, of today's show, check it out online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmike radio. Again, that's moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. So the price is right theme, I mean, it's it's so true. I mean, you don't want to bid $1, like Jimmy said, but you want to bid... Well, you could. Well, you, I mean, you could. Chances of you getting slim to none. <laughs> Chances of us countering are slim to none. <laughs> yeah, true. But, I mean, when you're a seller, everybody wants to sell their house for market value or higher. Mm-hmm. And... Dangerous over there, just mm-hmm, with this grin on. <laughs> just, I'm sure right. she's heard it, heard and seen it all. And it's natural that we want to get the most money for our house, and we think it's worth a whole lot more than sometimes it really is, and all that good stuff. But at the same time, the perception of people when they're looking to buy your house, if they have this perception, or most people have the perception, they want to find a deal. And if you're overpriced, that's automatically taking you out of their field of vision. Whereas if you underprice it just slightly enough, and slightly we're talking 1%, 2% off of market value. We're not talking an a, a extreme amount of money. But it's enough to where all of a sudden you're going to get on 60 70 80% of the people's radar that are looking for houses. And all of a sudden, instead of having one or two showings, you might have three, four, five, six, ten, God knows how many showings. And then it starts a bidding war. So if you're, you come in there and you're doing that price, price is right approach, everyone's trying to bid up to that thing. So this is where the $1, obviously, from Jimmy doesn't come into a good strategy <laughs> tactic. But, I mean, now all of a sudden, let's say you're listening it for 250 Now you're getting 249 Maybe you're getting 250 Maybe you're getting 252 mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm going to give you $250. you are asking full asking price, but I don't need to buy it for another three months. I can go ahead and close, rent it back to you. And if that works good for you as a seller, I mean, there's all sorts of tactics that help you sell your house or, or buy your next home. So... The whole price is right strategy, you gotta you gotta really take into heart what your realtor's telling you, what the comps are telling you. And just because the house down the street sold for two seventy five and yours is you think it's you know, worth two seventy five and Andrew says, Well, it's really two fifty because you have one less bedroom, you have maybe uh, instead of two cars, you have one car garage or they've been they've updated and renovated their property where you're still, you know, you know, in the nineties, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, so <laughs> it's it's just one of those things. Normally, you know? though, when I go to assess a house for a listing, I'm going to give them, I'm going to send them, or or if you know they don't email, I'd take it to them. But I'm going to send them listings that are examples of here's a house similar to yours, right? And this is similar in time a group of yeah. when you had renovations. Yeah. How many people argue with you? A uh, lot. I mean, some yeah, some of them do. Yeah. Some of them like just don't get it. Mm, but yeah. um, everyone thinks their house is worth more than it really is. Well, I mean, it's, it's personal though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it is. is. I mean, and it and I, you know, I'm very respectful of that. And you know, some people's houses just feel really good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody, it's they're all every house is different. Yes, I'll say that. So, but I'm going to send you facts and data that you can look at and see where I'm getting this from. I'm mm-hmm. not just going to throw a number in the dark and you're having to trust me. Right. I'll have things to back it to say this is why it's worth this and this is you know how I would go about it. Another big factor in pricing your home is what else is available today. If I was taking buyers to look at houses, 
well, if your house is $300,000 and I'm going to look at houses between two ninety dollars and three fifteen, what am I going to see? Mm-hmm. Is yours is yours awesome or yeah. is yours like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. These other ones are pretty awesome. Yeah. Then you're going to gauge maybe yours is a little, that's a little too high. Right. You know, the funny thing about that is that the people who are looking at this, the realtors that are looking to buy that house are looking at the same information she's looking at. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's she's got a crystal ball. She's mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at the same information. So they're preparing offers and preparing listings. And they're going to run those numbers just like I am and break it down. So, I mean, that's why I say the numbers don't lie. I mean, you just need somebody that can take and present the numbers or help you pull the numbers together into uh, a format that you can understand and digest and make an informed and educated decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. And that's what Andrew does an outstanding job of and why, if you've got any questions, check her out. Um, all of our information is online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio. And, I mean, you just take her advice. I mean, I can't even think of all the awards she's won. It's kind of like interviewing your agent a little bit. You know, even if you're working with somebody, mm-hmm. it doesn't cost you anything to have a second no. opinion based in, in – you know, you may find out that you're more comfortable working with somebody like Andrew. You may be comfortable with the person that you're working with, but you know, maybe she's got different ideas about how to how, how to sell the house, how to stage it, uh, how to market mm-hmm. the house for sale, and that's what really sets realtors apart. Really, are is the tools in the belt. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because everybody's playing out of the same pool when it comes to mm-hmm. data about pricing houses, but it's it's how do you stage it for selling, or how, what are other buyers looking for, or how do you market this property for sale, or because that's the ultimate goal is to either buy a house or sell the house. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Along with just general communication, can you communicate with that person? Can can she or he articulate and explain something in a manner that you get? Yeah. And, and do I mean, they answer their phone? And do they answer their phone? <laughs> that is my pet peeve, how many people you call that never answer their phone. Yes, yeah. It's hard so. to believe how foreign of a concept that is for oh some gosh. people in this industry to not answer their phones. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, in, this, in the long run, it's more work because then you have a voicemail. Then you got to check that. Then you got to mm-hmm. call it back. I mean, I mean, if I'm out showing property or I'm sitting in here in the radio show, I'm not answering my phone. Right. But any other time, I try to answer it. Heck yeah. And just knock out whatever, you know, comes my way. Yeah. So let me put you guys on a spot. When was the first time you guys bought your first house? I bought my first house in 2006. No, 2004. I'm sorry. I can't even. 2004. I bought mine in 98 in Goodlessville, Tennessee. There you go. 2015. 2015. Jimmy, when did you get your first one down in Georgia, or did you have one before then? I only bought one house, and that was 2007. Seven? 6.85%. Yeah, I think that's about where I was at. Yep. I think uh, that's about, I was about. That too, really. I paid ninety two five for a brand new house in Goodlessville. Wow. Wow. Uh, about twelve hundred square feet. Brand new. I thought I was cats meow, man. <laughs> Having a house nobody lived in. Nice. My first house was a foreclosure in East Nashville. I bought for one seventeen and I ended up flipping that house and sold it for like two. 65 that's why you need to call andrew brewer right there (laughs) but that was just east nashville in general and then the people that bought it you know that were gonna stay there forever yeah (laughs) stayed there like two years and then they made like a hundred grand on it doing nothing but living there yeah because we did all the work yeah i mean it's it's crazy i mean i bought mine i think was 2006 and i think i had like a a six and a half maybe low seven percent rate or something like that as well and um Ended up having to sell it when I was transferred out to California. But as soon as I got back to Nashville, I bought another house. I think it was, um, oh, no, it was 1996. That's when it was. I bought my first one because I was sitting here thinking 2006 was when my son was born. Um, but in any event, I got a, I got another one back. But the point of this being is 
all of us have bought houses several years ago. And the new millennials and the younger generations today are missing out on the opportunity of owning real estate. And, you know, it's these graphs right here. They're talking about, you know, people that are approaching retirement age and retirement age for everybody is it varies. Some people want to retire in their 40 retirement, retire in their 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. But an average people that are between 35 and 44 years old only owe about forty eight thousand dollars on their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Think about that. Forty eight thousand. Now you just did a major renovation, so you've got some money tied up in yours. You've done the same thing. We're in the process of doing the same thing. But even if you go forty five and older, the number ticks up at sixty two thousand seven hundred seven hundred one dollars. But at the same time, people are also using the equity they put in their or they built in their property for college, or they're doing the renovations like we were just talking about, like you've done. Yeah, I mm-hmm. contributed to the housing shortage problem because we were going to move, and yeah. then we ended up. Stay and put after we kind of saw what the market was doing and ended yeah. up remodeling. But I've owned five houses. I've sold four, and every single one of them we've made decent. We've made good money on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that's why I always tell people it's always a good time to buy. We're back to the very first yeah. conversation again. Okay, yeah. it's always a great time to buy. Uh, I'm not gonna say everybody's always made money off properties because some people haven't. But I mean, for the most part, it's a good solid investment. You're not gonna lose your money. You're at least gonna make your money back, um, if not even make money, especially in a market like Nashville. I had one person in 2018 that did not make money on the sale, and they'd only lived there less than a year. Their job moved them. And that's rare. So that's why, though. Yeah. You know, did they, they break I mean, even? They did break even on the sales price, but if you yeah. factor in, you know, fees and all that, yeah. then they took a little. They took a hit, but they sold it for what they actually they sold it for a little bit more than they paid for it. But I mean, it had literally been like ten months that they'd lived in this house. Yeah, but even if you were renting. You got nothing to show. You got oh, yeah. even then Throwing you had a tax deduction, everything off of it. Absolutely. So I mean, when you factor that in, they actually made a profit. Absolutely. So plus they didn't have to listen to a landlord telling them what they could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, today's young adults are failing to to build the housing wealth and and take advantage of what we've done, and they're failing to look at the long term consequences of renting. It's a whole lot easier and convenient to just say, okay, yeah, I'll renew my lease. Are you going to charge me an extra two hundred bucks? Yeah, okay, I'll still do it. But I mean, why? Just right. because you think. It's a better option in some You're cases. It is. Mortgage. There's yeah. a person in my office who's who doesn't want to doesn't want to buy a house, and this person says that, you know, I, I don't know that I want to live here for the next thirty years, and I'm going. <laughs> Who says because you buy it, you yeah. got to live in it for the next thirty years? You know, you're paying rent right now. You should, you know, if you're going to be here, you think longer than a few months, right? Uh, you know, maybe over yeah. a year or so. Then, then you need to look at doing this because even if you sell it for what you paid for it. Yeah, you know, you're going to make your money back. You can just live there for 10 months if you want. In Nashville, that could be very (laughs) true. But that's just the mentality for some folks. I mean, I don't know that, you know, I'm going to, you know, here I am talking like a crutch. Sorry. um, um, (laughs) Get on that soapbox. I know, I know. Get Get on my soapbox here. But. It's just the mentality that people have that they think that this is going to be the last place they're ever going to live for the rest of their no. life, and and it's not. The chances are you're not going to live in this house, so why not take your money, invest it, make more money, and then go buy that next house wherever you want to go live. Preach, Brother Corvo. Preach. That's uh, all I got. He dropped the mic. He's out of here, man. <laughs> See, I'm gone. The air just kicked on, so he's definitely out of here. Uh, yeah, it got cold <laughs> all of a sudden. I think it dropped like 10 degrees all of a sudden. <laughs> Any event, hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. Check us out online at moneymanmike.net and on Facebook, Money Man Mike Radio. We're out. See ya.